when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. If you are stateside, today is an important day because it is Thanksgiving Day. So to all of our American friends listening to us today, can we wish you a very happy and a peaceful uh, Thanksgiving Day? And hopefully you're not feeling too lonely because it's just one of those occasions where I, the majority of people will want to be at home and they'll have memories of Thanksgiving uh, growing up. So we hope that uh, it isn't too lonely a day for you, but happy Thanksgiving Day to you. On the programme today, your chance, uh, by the way, to win tickets to go to the pantomime. We have a lovely competition that we're running right across this week. Later on in the programme, I'll play uh, your cue to call, which will be a question from Germaline and Chlorine, who are Cinderella's ugly sisters. They'll probably say beautiful uh, sisters, who will give us a panto-related question. That will be your opportunity to ring in. And as we've been giving away every day this week, it's a family pass for four people. And the family pass is for Thursday, December the 13th. We need you to be at the Everyman, please, for as close to 6pm as possible because that's when our VIP reception kicks off and you will be one of the VIPs and for the kiddies and for the adults if you want there'll be some face painting there'll be magician selection boxes will be handed out there'll be so much sugar going around and that's not all because thanks to our good friends at Son of a Bun on McCurtain Street in Cork they're inviting you to enjoy the best burger in Ireland and they're giving a 50 euro voucher for a family of four to go along to Son of a, a Bum. So Cinderella at the Everyman this Christmas. It is opening on December the 1st, but our tickets, as I say, are, is for December the 13th. So tune in, stay tuned for that. And it will be later on. We will give you today's uh, question. And if you want to find out more about what is going to be a wonderful pantomime this year, then can I direct you, please, to www.everyman.com. Cork.com. Now, coming up on the programme this morning, we are endeavouring to find out who is pumping excess fluids into the Mitchellstown treatment plant and also trying to find out the problems that it is causing by this excess fluid going into the treatment uh, plant. I mean, you know, things like development will be put on hold if you don't have a proper treatment plant. And also what's happening with the new treatment plant for Mitchellstown. Where are the council at uh, with that particular uh, development? Uh, Also, why the West Cork 
Dog Carers Support Group have decided to shut up shop after 20 years in service. We were just about to wrap up the programme yesterday when we were getting calls in from some listeners in West Cork, very concerned and very saddened with the news that this wonderful group that has been working out of an office in Bantry and supporting carers all over West Cork and doing it so well over the last 20 years have decided that that's it. They're coming to the end. They're going to continue with their services to the end of the year and then they will be no more. We're going to speak with the chairman of the group just to talk about how they came to this decision because I imagine it is not an easy decision and also it's a time to reflect on the great work that has been done by the West Cork Carers Support Group over the last uh, 20 years. We're already getting some calls in from listeners who are speaking about this support group and how they have personally been supported by them. So if you've got a story uh, to share with us about the West Cork Care Support Group who were founded back in 1998, 20 years ago, and you want to talk to us and in particular if you want to talk about the fact that it will be no more come the end of the year, we would love to uh, hear from you because uh, carers, I think, by their very nature can feel very isolated. It can be a very lonely place to be if you don't have any support. And, you know, the HSC was they're doing the best they can to offer support to carers but I mean only yesterday we heard about somebody who is waiting on an emergency respite bed and how an emergency respite bed unfortunately is not available in Connacilty Hospital because there's renovation work going on but I was making the point that for the person who gets the respite it's a kind of a change of scene for them but I think probably the most important part of any kind of respite is for the carer it lets the, the carer recharge the batteries and just be themselves for whatever period of time. It might be just a long weekend, it might be a week, it might be two weeks but respite is so important because we're caring for the carers and that's why anything that we can do to support carers you know we're always, we always try and do our bit here on the programme uh, to help because I'm very aware of the vulnerability of carers and I'm also very aware of the amazing work that they do and how much carers are saving the state by looking after their loved one 24-7 uh, in many cases it is 24-7 in many cases carers have to be on call during the night, they never really sleep properly because I, I can't I've lost count of the number of times I have spoken to carers and when I ask them about respite and what's the most important thing and what do they get out of respite, they will inevitably say a good night's sleep. To be able to go to bed and to completely switch off knowing that, you know, you're not going to be woken in the middle of the night. You're not keeping one ear out for the loved one that you're looking after to see if he or she needs attention during the night and just to get a decent night's sleep. And many people just don't realise how important that is uh, for uh, carers. So anyway, we can support carers, as I say, we try to do our bit uh, here on the programme. So I was saddened when I heard the news that the West Cork Carers Support Group have decided to uh, close down. We're going to speak with a wonderful Cork mother who is remembering her only child, beautiful daughter, who was killed sadly in a car crash back in 2012. And she has decided to erect a Christmas tree in her memory. But it's not just to remember her daughter because she wants to help needy people. And she's tied it in with the great work. She's actually a volunteer herself at the Cork Penny Dinner. So a woman with a very big heart and a a very big heart that got very badly broken in 2012 with the loss of her daughter. And I just think it is such a kind, generous thing to do that while her grief will go on 
to, in, forever. I mean, she, you, you never get over the loss. You, you never get over the loss of a child. But you, to certainly for the loss of your only child, you just, you, you, you will never get over that. You just, you learn to live with it and you just learn to live a, a different life. But to be able to think of other people in the midst of all of that grief is, is incredible. What an incredible human being. And we will talk with that lady on the programme today. A member of Angartha Shikona uh, joins us for, uh, for, for Gartha File today. And actually, I've just noticed it is Gartha James Omani who is going to be joining us, who has reminded us that he was one of the first members of Angarda Siakana to join us to do a crime file some 28 years ago uh, and he's still there, still hanging in and still doing crime files so very, very well. So it'll be good to talk with James uh, later on in the programme. And then Jane Pickett, who is our resident vet, will be joining us in the final hour of the programme and I already see there's a pet question in nice and early for Jane. So you can keep those questions coming in throughout the programme and we'll put them to Jane in the final hour. As always, your thoughts and comments welcomed. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And just an update to the listener who contacted us this morning in the last hour to say, could we find out what's going on with water in the Fomoy area, living in the Heatherview area? Didn't have uh, water this morning. Was wondering, was it just her house or what was going on because she didn't get a notification? Uh, we've just been on to Irish Water who tell us a burst main uh, may result in, it's going to affect water supply in Fomoy and the surrounding areas until about six o'clock uh, today. And I'm just literally getting an update on that. Repairs to a burst water main may cause supply disruptions to Fomoy, Coolroo, uh, Forest Glen, Barry's Court, Barry's Boreem, Dunteheen Park, uh, Corrin and the surrounding areas works. Uh, they reckon should be completed by six o'clock today and they're then recommending that you allow two to three hours after the estimated restoration time for your supply to be fully re- restored. OK, but they're working on it. It is a burst main affecting a big area of Fomoy. And we're now, I'm told, also getting reports in of no water in Ballyclaw and we're looking into that with Irish Water as well. So hang in there if you're in the Ballyclaw area. 1850 103. Now, according to Cork County Council, Irish Waters Special Investigations Department are trying to track down who is responsible for pumping excess fluids, which is overloading the treatment plant in Mitchellstown. Local Social Democrat Councillor June Murphy uh, joins me. Good morning to you, June. Good morning, Patricia. And you're, you're welcome to the programme. OK, what problems are being caused by the overloading of the treatment plant? Well, I suppose the biggest problem is is that it is um, it limits the amount of new build really that can go into that that system. You know, um, uh, it, it we obviously we need we need a new treatment plant anyway. But um, part of the problem has been that that it's it's full capacity, um, and that you know. Depend, maybe some small projects might be able to get through, um, but somewhere along the line, anyway, we were informed uh, on Monday that uh, Irish Water are carrying out an investigation after they discovered that excess discharge was being pumped into the storage treatment plant uh, here in Mitchellstown. And so, is there any way it, the excess fluids are going into the sewage treatment plant accidentally? We weren't told that. Okay. Um, I'm sure if it was, it just, 
what he said, if I can recall what he said at the meeting was um, unlicensed. Okay. Um, so that to me would suggest that. It's deliberate. It's deliberate. Yeah. And if, yeah. if someone, uh, culprit or culprits are identified, can they be prosecuted for that? Well, at the meeting when he said it, I asked him, was was this down to um, households or was this industrial? And he said it was industrial and it was significant. Wow. Um, so he, he, I then asked him if, uh, would, would we see these people being, you know, through the investigation, would we see court proceedings? And he said that he doubted that they would, um, Irish Water would probably, you know, they would start something out with whoever's doing it and, and get things up and running and that it would, um, it would, you know, They'll sort uh, it out themselves because it is Irish Water yeah. who are doing the special investigation. It isn't. It is in Cork County Council. So if there was to be prosecutions, it would be at the door of Irish Water, uh, not yeah. at the door of of um, uh, Cork County Council. Because it's important to point out that businesses are given licences, aren't they, to discharge water into local treatment systems? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like this, this has been an issue um, with a while now in the area and. Um, we're, I suppose we're lucky in a sense that um, Mitchestown has been one of the towns that Irish Water are putting in under this um, this uh, special project that they have going on. There's only a couple of areas included in it, um, which will it, it, which will give us um, uh, the upgrade and and the the plant that we need. Yeah, because that's the bigger that's the bigger issue here is that you know the Mitchellstown badly badly needs a larger treatment plant, which has been spoken about uh, for, um, for a while. I mean, have you any updates on where you're at with that? Yes. Yeah, so they, he assured us um, at the meeting that, and we know this from previous meetings, that Mitchellstown is a priority for Irish Water. Um, and it, that it remains a high priority to have it done. And looking at the scale of works, I suppose, that need to be done there, he was saying that um, 2019, 2020, you know, we we should be sorted out, which, um, sorry, no, it's just 2020, 2021. But um, considering the works that have to be done and it's 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 quite good and um they have done they they've already done uh the design they have uh carried out their own assessments of it and so you know it's considering the work that needs to be done they've they've done a a bit of work on it already Uh, and has has a contractor been appointed are we are we at that stage as far as I know, a contractor, I think that's the next step in it, Patricia. Okay, all right, and, okay. But, um, it's, but it's, it's true, it's true the work that they, they carried out that this, this came to life. Um, so I, I did ask if we could be briefed as it goes on mm. um, and that if councillors could be briefed as the investigation goes along because for me, this is a very significant 
bit of news that we've received and, you know, I think people around have a right to know what's going on with it as well. Um, especially when it affects the town so much. Well, well, absolutely. And, you know, people will be worried to hear that future developments are now being held up because of this. Well, and that was the case all along because it was it was full capacity. But now we have a reason why it's it's full and that once this gets remedied, you know, it, it, it'll definitely um, ease things up. Uh, significantly I would imagine so we just have to wait now and see what comes out yeah. of it next okay. you know? but it has been a huge stumbling block in, in proceeding with new bills or you know any kind of development you know it has been and obviously so, when it comes to new bills uh, housing I mean which is yeah, a, yeah. A, 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 an issue very close to your heart here are you yes. still dealing with so many families who find themselves Almost homeless or homeless? Yeah, it's unfortunately the norm now and I don't want it to become the norm because if it becomes the norm, the people won't be as interested in that subject uh, or as outraged as they should be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult at the minute. You know, you and have you got families? Have you families um, living in hotels and being yes. Yeah. Yeah, we have. We have have a tendency to think that that's only happening in the city and we forget that it's happening in, I'd say, every county town in Ireland. No, it's happening in the town. And what what we're seeing now, right, is that it's almost impossible to get emergency accommodation now. So we have families that actually have to go outside the county now to get emergency accommodation because they can't get it here. Because it's Um, limited, obviously. Yes, yeah, so they've had to go to Clare, they've had to go to Limerick. Oh my um, God. And if you've, ch- if you've children going to school? Yeah, yeah. Your whole life is just put on hold. It's just such a horrible situation. I can't express how horrible it is for families and the damage that it does to their mental health. It's horrible. I saw, I read a piece by Sister Stan during the week and she was talking about um, the effect that it has on the older children and the teenagers. And this, I think, is something in years to come we're going to look back on and say, God, the damage we did to, the damage that was done to families and young people growing up. But, you know, Sister Stan was talking about, you know, that that those 13, 14, 15 year olds who are so self-conscious and, you know, so into being with their friends and whatever, there's the huge embarrassment factor. They don't want to say, they can't invite anyone back because they're staying in a hotel room. They don't want to tell their friends. And I was just thinking it's 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 a side of homelessness that doesn't get spoken about a, a lot. I mean, let alone for small little children being trapped inside in a hotel yeah. room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it could be very isolated depending on where that emergency accommodation is. Um, and of course, when they're smaller, you can kind of you know, and this isn't to lessen it, but you can kind of get away with it yeah. for for a certain length of time. But they become very frustrated as well, and very unsettled, uprooted. They don't know what's going on. But if you have a teenager, yeah, it's dreadful. Oh my God, the, you know, it's just horrendous. And of course, they're worried then about their parents. They're worried about what's going to happen to them. 
And you you have some children that may even be going through state exams, which is an absolute nightmare if they have to try and study. Um, you know, and no privacy. And of course, you you know you you can't be there all day in some cases as well. So you have to get out during the day, um, and come back that evening, washing clothes, cooking food because you can't afford to eat in the hotel. Um, What's you know, Christmas going to be like for a lot of those families, June? Well, it's going to be very difficult now because, you know, when you're in around small towns and small, you know, small areas, we're, n- we're not in the city where you have hotels that are open 24-7. No, granted, there will be hotels that are open that long, but some hotels close for a couple of nights or, or a night or two, you know, um, because obviously it wouldn't be worth their while to stay open when it's so quiet. But... Yeah, that's that's another problem. Where are we going to put families? If, if and even those that do manage to get a hotel room for the night. Yeah. God, waking up, waking up on Christmas morning in in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, horrific. Yeah. And any light at the end of the tunnel? Are you are you seeing anything? I see it getting, it's, it's actually getting worse. You know, and there seems to be... There just isn't enough thing done about it. You know, we have people, regardless of what their situation or what their job or whether they're working or not, can't find rented accommodation. The rents that they're paying are absolutely astronomical. They're crazy. They're higher than a, a lot of mortgages out there. Um, getting emergency accommodation is, is such a difficult task. Um, and those families now don't get to stay in these all the time. Um, the length of time the families are staying in emergency accommodation is becoming longer and longer. Whereas when this first started, it was only a number of weeks. Now it could be months and months and months. Um, and you, you know, it, it that can be very difficult. So it's just, it's, it just seems to be getting worse all the time. Um, and, of course, then when you're on, if you are on um, social welfare, you know, you have to, you're competing with the private market. So, and sometimes you're not even getting interviews to go for houses. I yeah, I, yeah we've, I've, I've heard that uh, from numerous times from people yeah. contacting us saying, and, and, and I always ask, do you have HAP? And they say, yeah, and as soon as you mention HAP, some... Some landlords yeah. just don't want to hear, hear hear about it. No, and it takes it takes a number of weeks to set that up, you know, um, and they don't want to wait that long. They want their money and they want it now. Okay, all right, uh, June. Listen, thank you for that, and um, uh, thanks for joining us uh, on the program uh, this morning. Good morning to you. That is uh, Social Democrat Councillor uh, June Murphy. I know we came on to talk about what's going on with the the treatment plant, but uh, she really does work at the coalface of dealing with families when it comes to uh, homelessness, and she is somebody will know if the situation is getting better instead of worse. So it saddens me to hear June saying that it is getting worse and we think of those families, particularly in the run-up to Christmas. This is the Court Today replay on C103. 
Now yesterday, just at the close of the programme, we had some calls from listeners who were saddened and disappointed to hear that the Bantry Office of the West Cork Carers Support Group is to close at the end of the year. Joseph Cronin is chairperson of the group and he joins me to explain more. Good morning to you, Joseph. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and, and you're well... to clarify there, I'm not chairperson, actually, I'm a board member, but I'm oh, here my... with Maureen, Maureen Brockton, who is the chairperson. Oh, my... But... Let's get your title right. My apologies for that. Now, before uh, we get to why you've made this decision, Joseph, just remind us about how the group came together. Uh, it's 20 years ago now, isn't it? It is indeed. I saw in 1998, when the, when the first West Cork Carers came into being, it was started off from the Bantry Family Resource Centre at the time. And I suppose they saw the demand and they let it out from there and it, it took on its, its own life from there on and moved on into supporting carers then you know which care the toll of caring was rarely recognised at the time and it gave it recognition and moved on to various aspects of dealing with issues for the carers at that time. Yeah, what type of support have you offered over the years? I suppose really over the years it's been information, individual and peer support, outreach services, I suppose like carers were working in isolation and we were trying to reach, you know, to the carers that were working away on their own and so to speak. We run social events for carers as well, training and some of the, like say, elder care and you know, lifting and different things that way. And I suppose above all, it was providing a listening ear, which yeah. forms the core of what we do over the years. Which is probably the most uh, important thing. So, why this decision to cease the work, and how difficult a decision was that for you and the rest of the board? Oh, certainly, it was a difficult decision. I mean, to put it. Plainly, I suppose most of the members on the board or of the board, or if not present, carers have been carers themselves in the past. So we recognise fully the, the good work that carers do. And it wasn't a decision that we came to lately. Um, I suppose we've always focused on being relevant to the needs of carers. No is no different. So we've had 20 years on. It was a good time to take the you know, to pause. And I suppose really to take stock of where we are at and to ensure that for the future there was going to be a more effective targeted support to carers for the years ahead. Do you believe the needs of carers have changed? Um, I suppose some of the needs will be similar, will be the same. There wouldn't be, I, I think a lot of things have changed in the intervening time. A lot of services have come to West Cork and nationally, locally, that weren't there when we set out in 1998 or 2008 or for that matter, you know. So various like family resource centres are out there, various agencies, statutory agencies are on the ground. And they're, they're stronger. We didn't want to be overlapping. We wanted to go back and do a full stakeholder discussions and see what new services that the carers wanted to be more in line. Or I suppose to find a new niche or to, to tap into an, art, you know, an area that we haven't touched to date. So the West Cork Carers Support Group will be no more as and from the end of the year? That's right, the 31st of December. It's a phased planned wind down is what we're doing. And Joseph, how, how have you been funded over the years? Um, we've been well funded over the years. The HSC have funded us under what was called the Section 39 funding. Yeah. Um, like our funders are, you know, we have no issues with funding. The funders have been brilliant over the time. And we have no issues whatsoever with funders. And we were looking to the HSC to take up the mantle in the new year in 2019 and to go and, you know, to, to lead out and put a facilitator or, a, you know, a research person in place to go out and meet the carers. And to start, you know, a new consultation process to bring on the next phase of mm. care support in West Cork. Yeah, I definitely think that listening ear that you you speak about, there'll always be a need for that. 
Certainly, and I, I would be the first to say that that's definitely a big issue for carers, and we, we will be doing you know what we can. We will be send, we have contacted all the carers to let them know that this is what's happening. We will be further contacting them with a list of various other options out there to, to keep that going, that service as such. Um, maybe not the full-on service that West Cork carers have been providing, but as best as we can make it for right now. And, you know, it's it's... It would be a you know a full list of their contacts, and we will be looking at the HSC. You know, we say the public health nurses playing their role in the various agencies on the ground to fill that void for the time being. Um, and obviously, as board members, you're all volunteers. Um, as individual members, will will many of you continue working with carers? Do you believe? I suppose. Look, I, we when I say we the board, it's entirely up to people as individuals who wants to get on yeah. board in the new phase or whatever. That's for their their own concern at that stage. We haven't broached that at this stage, but we'll we'll be leading out a new stakeholder discussion, and any carer can put themselves forward, as any agency can put themselves forward into that space. So we will cross, we will come to that decision in due course. But as of now, I really, you know, I can't say for now. Okay. And what reaction are you getting from carers, Joseph? I suppose. Look, to be fair, the carers that are dealing with us. You know, when they found out or heard the news, we've got some great responses from people, carers, of thanking for the help over the years. We, we're grateful for all our good staff over the years and our past and present board members there for all the work they've done. And that's the kind of sentiment we're getting. We're getting a few people, of course, saying, listen, what are we going to do without you? Yeah. And we're, we're addressing that as well. And we're making it clear how we're going to come to that. Like we uh, have. And there's nothing that can be done to make you change your minds. Um, I'm afraid not at this point, but no, there isn't anything that can make us change our minds. I suppose, that, like the board, we've you know we've we've discussed and we've we've gone through all our various issues and looked at this for a few months. It's not a decision we've just came up with last week or anything like that. It's not a knee jerk reaction to anything. It's been a full you know a full you know we we've looked at the various options and ways and we felt it was appropriate to allow the space for a new carers to come forward. Okay, well, I know, and we've got a number of calls in from listeners, just everybody speaking so highly about uh, your group. And you have, you, and just it's an opportunity to publicly recognise that and to say thank you to each and every one of you. You've touched the lives of so many people with your work down through the 20 years. So it's an opportunity to say thank you to each and every okay. one of you. We, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. And like, we, we would say ourselves as the board, we do know, we do recognise like we're we're there to exist, we exist to support the carers, and we're grateful for their support. And we, you know, we'll do our utmost to to lead us into the new next phase. Okay, well done. Listen, Joseph, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks very much. Good Chris. morning to you. That's Joseph uh, Cronin, um, a board member, my apologies, giving him the wrong title at the start of the West Cork Carers uh, Support uh, Group. I can see some comments and calls coming in. I won't get a chance to get to them before 11. Uh, we'll get to them afterwards. 1850 John Paul, uh, taking your calls. We'll catch up with your comments, texts and WhatsApps after the news 0862 103 103. And we speak with a Cove mum who remembers the loss of her only child that's all to come in the next hour Court Today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow it's family run so your loved one will feel at home see breedhaven.ie C103 you're listening to Court Today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed
Let's text in saying, uh, Patricia, what date is the Christmas bonus being paid out this year? Thanking you in advance. Christmas bonus, which by the way, this year will be 100% of your normal weekly social welfare payment. It hasn't been 100% for quite a few years. The Christmas bonus will be paid the week beginning the 3rd of December. So whatever day you get your payment on. It'll, it'll arrive but it begins the week of the 3rd of December 100% so you'll be getting a double exactly a double payment for Christmas so that is the week after next you can expect that um, Christmas bonus 1850 I want to go back to the issue that we dealt with in the last hour with the West Cork Carers uh, Group and this uh, sad sad news that after after 20 years the West Cork Carers Group have decided that they are wrapping up and they are phasing out the services provided by the company and they will close their Bantry office at the end of 2018. So the end of this year. Some listeners on to us, Anne in Skibbereen, shocked to hear that they're closing this service in Bantry. The service they provide is fantastic. Where will people go now? They have information services. I know people avail, I know of people who availed of their education programmes, their support lines for people to ring and so much more. What will happen now? While Kieran in Dunmanway says this service surely will not, should not be let go. Having a drop-in service like this is invaluable. Nobody offers a service like this anymore. It's all online. Anytime you ring for a service now it's press one for this, press two for that. That human touch is gone and that certainly was there and is there with the West Cork Carers Support Group. Joe is on the line. Good morning to you, Joe. Morning, uh, Joe, you're in Bantry. You've used the services and facilities of the West Cork Carers Support Group. Tell me more. I did for a long time. Excuse my voice, but I'm hoarse for the last few days there with a such a bug. Um, okay. I've used it for years, Patricia, because uh, I was looking after my wife. She died there 12 months ago in November last year. Sorry and, to hear um, that. Before she died, I, they, they were extremely helpful to me. Um, when she died, they were very helpful. And, and up to this present day, they're still very supportive and helpful to me. Um, even even me though you're no longer a carer, they're still looking no. after you? Yeah, because you see, a former carer, uh, it's a, in a time of grieving after someone dies in particular... Um, you can drop in once or twice a week, have a cup of coffee and have a chat privately and confidentially. It's better than any counselling service. And is that and what you've been doing? That's what I've been doing since my wife died last November. I would it might be the odd week I wouldn't drop in, but I would always drop into them and have a chat for an hour or so. I'd ring them up first. And they've been extremely supportive after my wife died. I mean, with forums and all sorts of stuff for the departments. And... Over the years, they've been very, very supportive. I was very disappointed and very annoyed, but mildly, and um, very sad, really, to see it going after twenty years. You know. And when because you were when you were a full time carer, and were you a, were you a full time carer to your wife? Was it was it that did she need full time care? Yeah, I was indeed. Um, I mean, last year, for instance, um, the last six weeks of her life, I she came home from from the COH. I, I took her home, and she she died at home. And during that six weeks in particular, I'd have maybe two home helps three times a day, night nap, and palliative care, of course, to be changing the morphine and the drugs in her pump and her uh, syringe driver, as they call it. And there was times when I just couldn't get out for 20 minutes. And there was another great service called home care. I'd have to ring them and they might give me an hour or two and I'd get out for maybe a bit of shopping or a break or whatever. And, you know, again, 
you're under severe stress and my wife was back again, I would still do it for her. I know. You know but, um, but it's just the fact that carers are under so much stress anyway. And I, I was disappointed. I'm no longer caring now, but I would need it now very much because you're going through a time of grieving and it's very isolating. And, um, you know, as I say, I'm very, very disappointed because they, they were extremely helpful over the years. But I, I you're, also, when I heard you're also thinking of the people who are in the situation you were in up to last exactly. year um, and how they must be feeling. Exactly. I mean, if, if I was in their situation now, I'd be feeling more isolated and under more stress again. But who, who do you turn to? Now, I, I don't know what they mean by that. There, there'll be other services available. I just don't know. So it's going, it's going to leave a gap in services. It's a huge gap because any time I, I drop in, I was only in there on Monday actually, the West Cox um, um, branch, and any time I was in there, there was always a phone was ringing, uh, people dropping in every so often. They're busy all the time. You know, and that's yeah. what really struck me on Monday when I was told. I, I got the email, of course, and I got the letter this morning as well. But I, I was told it personally also on, on Monday. And I couldn't believe it, because I, I, I didn't see the email properly that day myself. I had to go home and check it out again. And I was extremely disappointed, because the nearest office is in Tucky Street in Cork. And that's, the, the, yeah. The I mean, that's, you know, that's the advantage of having a support group like this in your own area. Everything seems to be in, in the city. And if you're a carer, and I think you summed it up well when you said there was times when you couldn't even get outside the door uh, for 20 minutes. There's, well, there's, 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 there's no carer in West Cork that can get in the car or jump on the bus no. and go into the city. What a luxury that would be, says you. I mean, there was even times, Patricia, well, many, many times when I, when I had to, um, if you like to put it mildly, confront, I mean, medical people because I was supporting my wife, I was always advocating for her. I would still do it if she was alive. You know, I, I always done that for her. And, you know, that was that was separate, of course. That was something I had to do myself. And that was even stressful enough, even when the carers were there, because I did do these things myself, naturally, you know. And it's a very, very extremely stressful situation. I mean, my wife had cancer and she also had bipolar, and I was always, I suppose, thankful that before she died, her bipolar was well. You know, she was okay mentally. She was grand. Yeah, yeah. And she died. Uh, I suppose you could say she died peacefully in that sense, even though she did suffer and, suffer a lot with the cancer. And Joe, when when you are a full time carer, and then sadly, as it's only a year, I'm very conscious of your yeah. your bereavement and grief is is still very fresh and and, and very raw, um, yeah. but. Does it leave a massive hole in the life of the carer when, I mean, 24-7, Huge. you, it was your wife, you was, you, was your primary concern and suddenly that's yes. all gone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wake up in the morning, Patricia, and when I come downstairs, I can almost see where the orthopedic bed was and, I, you know, I'd almost pass that spot and talk to her. I know. You know I mean, this is my life. I mean, there's no one else in the house. Same going to bed at night, you know, you kind of feel she should be there you'd almost see her but she's not there it's a huge huge emptiness I mean this is my life really one of the home health people actually said it to me afterwards she was my life you know and now at this stage I feel you know emptiness a huge emptiness huge void but you know that's that's, 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 that's the way it goes and like, are you trying to get your life very so, difficult I, yeah. I have to be honest and upfront about it it's very very difficult because I was with her for so long and looking after her for so long. So it was like campaigning for something for 20 years, really looking after. 
you know, she was my sole purpose, really. And I, I miss her very much, and I, I love her very much, and I tell her every time I go to the cemetery, I tell her I still love her, and I miss her terribly. And has but the first anniversary passed? Is it? It's passed on the 12th of November. The 12th, yeah. the 12th, okay, just last week. It, it, it even feels harder after the first one, and then it's over the last 12 months, because I was kind of preoccupied with doing bits and pieces and things, you know, and organising things like I always done for her before she died. So now it's a kind of, um, I've reached a stage where everything is finalised, if you like, you know, I'm finished with all the organising and things I had to do, and it feels now I can reflect back to see it's, it's a huge loss, like, but going back to the carers, as I say, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it, I said to myself, God almighty, I, I, they were extremely helpful, I can't stress that enough, but everything, I, I was down there in December, after my wife died, just before Christmas, and they were doing forms for me, and typing things out and even typing out on the, the envelopes all I had to do was post them Yeah because people oh. people don't realise after you, after a loved one goes the amount of red tape and yeah. paperwork yeah. it's it's just mind numbing and you are there but in it, your grief expected The great thing Patricia, Patricia is like I mean, you, you, you could drop in there because naturally you, you get to know the people in there and you can go in have a cup of coffee just say a cup of tea and if you felt like crying, you could cry. Because you knew them so intimately in that sense, you know, because they understood what you were going through. And that's a huge loss now. And they built up friendships and everything and trust. Oh, trust God, is yeah. a big one. Would you consider counselling, Joe? Um, well, I, I, I do see palliative care and I, and I okay. see um, a counsellor in the city as well. She's, she's quite good, you know. Okay. Every week, but um, and have you family? Have you any family around you or near you? I haven't because I you see, I'm, I'm, I'm from the city originally. I'm in, in Bantry about 10, 10 years now, and any family I have now are in the city, you see, you know. Okay, and so extremely difficult to get back to the city. And even at this stage, you know, I suppose I'm attached to the house as well because that's where a lot of the memories are too. And I'm you know, here for 10 years, it's uh, and you, yeah, and you set down roots in a place, and and you know, you've built. I well, you know, as a carer, you were very isolated, but I'm sure you've built up friendships. And you do, and and uh, the strange thing now is when I go to the cemetery because she's buried in in St. Michael's Cemetery in Cork in, in Mahan. And when I go to the cemetery, it's like going up to see her there, and then when I come back to the house, it's like going back to her in the house. I know, it's like a Padre Pio situation. I know, you know? and and where, what will you do for Christmas, Joe? Uh, I'll go to my brother and uh, great, thing, you know. great, great. All right. Uh, well, listen, you've you've spoken highly, as indeed others who've contacted us as well. I mean, everyone who has come in contact with the West Cork Care Support Group, nobody can say anything Chang- ba- bad about them. Up. Yeah, with January coming up, which is well, you can imagine, you know, the kind of downturn after Christmas, the yeah. time when you need to drop into a place when it's very quiet, especially in a town. More than ever, be a huge loss. I'm honest to God, I I feel very sad over. I think it's. it's because as you say yourself, you built up friendships and you got to know people intimately and you could cry, you could be angry, you could be anything. Okay. All right. Listen, stay strong, uh, Joe. You're you're a great man, and you've done. We've you were fantastic with your with your wife and what you've done for your wife. But you've also, I think, given us a really good insight into the life of a carer when they're no longer carers. We, you know, the, a lot of the and we need more focus on carers, but we forget what happens to the person when they're yeah. no longer a carer, when their loved one is is no longer with us. You look after yourself, okay. I will. 
God bless. Very much God you. bless. Thank Take you. care. Bye bye. Uh, Joe uh, joining us in ba- from Bantry, 1850-333-103 and, and he's, he's quite elegant and well able to sum up. I think what a lot of people who have been touched by the West Cork Care Support Group because they've done amazing work in the last uh, 20 years. Uh, a lot of people are going to be feeling the way Joe is uh, feeling today. Okay, someone, different topic completely. And I was going to give this a mention because somebody, I think somebody rang into John Paul about this saying, do you know the date and what the date is? Uh, today's date, November 22nd. Why is November 22nd an important day? Well, it's an important day in history, I suppose. It was on this day in 1963, which is now 55 years ago today. The United States was jolted by one of the most shocking uh, trans- transformative events in its history. We speak, of course, of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy as his motorcade on this day, 55 years ago, rode through the streets of Dallas. Two days later, then, of course, the, his accused assassin, the Harvey Oswald, was um, slain by the nightclub owner uh, Jack uh, Ruby while he was in custody in in Dallas uh, police. But the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the nation's youthful leader, was the first presidential murder in more than 60 years. And of course, it sparked decades of conspiracy theories, making it undoubtedly the most investigated and most debated criminal act uh, in American history and uh, no doubt it has been remembered around the world and we remember uh, the late John F. Kennedy and the implications that it had uh, on, on this country as well. Now I'm I'm not of the age that I wasn't around for the assassination of John F. Kennedy, but I remember my mother talking to me about it and saying it was the reason that we got a television into our house was because they televised the funeral of John F. Kennedy. And that's the reason that my mum and dad bought a TV and the neighbours came in. They were the first ones in the street to have the TV and the neighbours came in and everybody sat and watched those black and white that we've all seen now over the years with those black and white photographs of the actual assassination itself and then the funeral procession and um, his wife and, and, the, ch- and the children and the, the little boy doing the salute. It was just, it's one of those moments in history that even though we weren't, many of us weren't around for it, but we do uh, remember it. And it had huge implications here. I mean, there was, there was pictures of John F. Kennedy on the walls of homes in kitchens and living rooms and sitting rooms. And it was up next to the Pope. I mean, he was, it's, it, it is hard for younger people today to realise the effect that an American president had on Ireland. I mean, I can't, even even in the States, I doubt if there are many pictures of Donald Trump up in people's homes. But certainly John F. Kennedy was like a saint in this country. And there will be people listening to the programme who will clearly remember this day 55 years ago and where they were when they heard the news of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. So no, we're not forgetting it and we are uh, remembering him uh, today. 1850 uh, John Paul continues to take your calls. Is this for now, John Paul? I'm going to this now. I'm sorry, the light's shining in. I can't see. Is it? Is it 3 or... Have I a number on this? What number is it? Uh, what line is it? Line three. Okay, sorry, I just couldn't see the line. Um, we're going back to this is the up uh, the West Cork Care Sport Club. Okay, but sorry, yeah, I digress. We are we and do remember John F. Kennedy on his fifty-five years to his assassination today. Want to go back to the West Cork Carers uh, Support Group. Noreen joins me from Lishine House. Noreen Murphy, who runs Lishine House, joins me. Um, good morning, to you, Noreen. 
Good morning, Patricia. And Noreen, you have your. How did you react to the news that the West Cork Area Support Group is to be no more at the end of this year? Well, I'm very shocked because um, I heard about it the other day, and obviously, it's a service. It's another nail in the coffin for West Cork. I mean, we really need our, these services locally on our doorstep. I mean, I know Joe personally. I actually knew Eileen very well. I cared for Eileen with Joe. And That's Joe who was Joe. talking to us a couple of minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've known Eileen for many years um, and her difficulties and her illness with mental health. And I actually helped Joe carry Eileen out of her home on her last day. Wow. And um, she was a lovely lady. And, um, you know, I was very upset. And, you know, I know the Cares Association during that time helped Eileen an awful lot and Joe because... You know, it's a trauma when a person is experiencing dying and the way Eileen died. I mean, she died from cancer, which she had difficulties for many years, which Joe advocated and looked after her. And, you know, he looked after her with the support of these organisations. We need these organisations on our doorstep. And every time I speak now, even about my own service and about Lachine's House in West Cork, we need to, the people in West Cork to stand up and fight for our services. Now, our, our leaders and the, the heads of state, I mean, we have a minister here in West Cork um, for the elderly and mental health. We mm-hmm. need him to speak up. We need him to fight for our services and to let our, the, our services be kept open. As you said, Patricia, none of us can he- get up, leave our house and head up to Cork on a bus. Yeah, it isn't. It, 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 and particularly for something like this. I mean, it, it is oh, at yeah. the best of times. I mean, only a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how somebody in a wheelchair can't even get in a yeah. bus in West Cork no. and go and, and go to the city. I remember having to come home after a night when I was out fundraising from Cork City and I'd have to go into Joe for, you know, to, you know, until the night nurse came or when he needed to go to town or stuff like that. And I mean, the services did come into play and they were an enormous help to him at the end, um, towards the end of her life. And I mean, to Eileen as well. And we are human beings and we are entitled to a service in West Cork. We do pay the same taxes. We are entitled to services locally. And I mean, I'm shocked and horrified to think that the government now once again can think that they can stamp on us once more, that we don't exist. Well, we do exist. And the people in West Cork need to stand up now and start fighting and email their ministers and, and ring their offices uh, their office and say, look, come on, get your thumb out here. Get to work for the people in your constituency. Get, get up and, and get fighting for us. In fairness, I mean, it was brought up in the doll yesterday. I looked at the clips and I did see it. People are become very isolated and I know about the loneliness that Joe jo is experiencing and lots of other people because we're constantly getting calls to our help find about people and how lonely they are. So we've actually launched a phone a friend. Um, it's a new service that we've we've um, started and it's tackling rural isolation and anyone who is lonely that they can sign up to this service and um, older people, an individual, anyone who's feeling lonely, I carers, think vulnerable. Carers, yes, yes goodness me, carers, and and the, fo- and the phone a friend. Who feels, it'll anyone be anyone who feels that they that they they're isolated for whatever reason that they feel isolated. And who will and they? They'll end up speaking to somebody from West Cork. Is that the yes, idea? Yeah, yes, yeah, they'll end yeah. up speaking to somebody. I mean, um, in your own service. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. It was launched and it's supported by Angarda Shikana. It's promoting well-being in the community and it's, well done. And it's an initiative by Lachine's House. Okay, well and done. anyone who wants um, to inquire about the service or to sign up for Phone a Friend, all the information is on our website. It's www.lachine'shouse.ie forward slash phone a friend. And they can um, call in or they can get an application form. 
they'll just receive a phone call. It, they can talk about anything they like. Um, it's just to prevent people from go, from isolation and loneliness. And it's 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 awful that organisations like ours we are having to fill the gap where the government should be providing these services. And, and how busy are you at Lachine's house? Norm. Oh, extremely busy. And we were refused funding. I applied on the 8th of December last year for funding and they strung me along all year. And it was on the second week of October, driving over Kusan from school and my after work that I got the call. Oh, sorry, Noreen, we've got no money for you. So I wanted to know where the money is gone. Where are they spending this money? And now I hear that the Carers Association um, uh, that's helping people who are the most vulnerable in this society to be left loose. And it's up to Lichine's House and myself and a few dedicated volunteers to go out on the street and fundraise to open up um, and to and to organise a phone a friend to to actually, which is extra work upon us, but we don't mind doing it. That's why we're there. We're there to help people. We're there to serve people in our community and our in, in 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 my area in my West Cork, where I'm very proud to be from. But I want people, everyone, to stand up, everyone to write in, everyone to email the minister, everyone to get talking and get acting and stop them from shutting down rural Ireland, from stamping on us and ignoring us. We do exist. We are people. We are entitled to services. And just because we live down here where we live does not mean that we can be forgotten by the people in Dublin. And we do have ministers in West Cork and they should and they have to be fighting for us and they should be fighting for us. We voted them in. So go on, whoever you voted in, you go to them and you get them tackling this issue. OK, all right. We leave it there, Noreen. Thank you for that. And uh, good luck with your phone a friend uh, service. Um, we might get some more details on that and actually um, put it up on, on our Facebook page. But it does seem like a, a really, really fantastic service. Well done. And we know the great work that goes on at uh, Lachine's house. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Uh, Philip, Re- Philip Walsh Refrigeration and Electrical, they've got a vacancy for an apprentice electrical refrigeration technician, while a competent person is required to assist with the operation of a minibus taxi business that's in Cork City. A panel beater that's wanted at Cavanaugh's in uh, Charleville. And a childminder is wanted in the Donnerill area for three school-going boy- boys. The job will start in January. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today. With Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. Now, there are many wonderful fundraising ideas in the lead up to Christmas, but one that really touched me is a cove mother who lost her only daughter in a car crash is celebrating her life by erecting a Christmas tree of hope at Cork Penny Dinners. And the plan is to collect gifts for the needy in the process. Colette Griffin joins me to talk about Sarah's Tree of uh, Hope. Good morning to you, Colette. Good morning, Patricia. Can I say what a gorgeous, kind thing to do. Uh, Have you erected a Christmas tree before in Sarah's memory? We did, Patricia. We started doing this um, a few years back in Sarah's memory. And then last year, I thought, God... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. People were, you know, were commenting on it so much. People were bringing so many gifts. Originally, I was saying it was for a 19-year-old teenager we wanted gifts for because sometimes the teenagers are forgotten about. If there's shortage of money in a home, Santa must come first. Yeah. And I just felt, well, it gave me pleasure buying it. To buy a present for Sarah, I felt she was still involved in Christmas. And giving that present away then to somebody who... We never have got a present in the last few years, you know, since Santa's time was gone for them. It can give them so much hope. It could just be that one gift that can turn someone's life around and say, wow, somebody does care. There is hope out there that things can get better for me. And this is how we started it and how it went on. And then last year I said to Katrina, let's open this up even more. It's not just about my Sarah. I'm not the only one who's suffering at Christmas and missing Sarah, missing, you know, loved ones. Let's open it up to putting baubles on the Christmas tree instead of decorations, put pictures of a loved one. Anybody can bring in a gift. It can be a granny. It can be my own sister-in-law gave in a gift for her baby who who was never born. Ugh. And we did, we put a little note in just with his dates on it. And that bauble, Brian David went up on the tree and she gave a little gift for a baby boy. And people were bringing in for their granny and for... It ju- you know what now, it just opened up the whole thing of we can remember everyone at Christmas and we can give hope to people out there by our niceness and sharing and caring. And it, it just really, if, if it's gone, it, it, it took off really, really well. We have people from Anamkara in Dublin and around the country sending me down gifts because I'd be involved with the Bree Parents Group there. Over the Irish road victims, people gave me money the weekend when we were at our memorial service in Mullingar to buy gifts and they're sending me on photos. I think I have about 10 photos now on my phone again to get into Barbers for this weekend. And it's just, it's just amazing. A woman from Cork sent me in and I don't even know who she is. She found me on Facebook with this two penny dinners, sent me in a picture of her parents 
and asked me, will I put it up? And she'll call into Penny Dinners with a gift for a man and a woman, oh. Granny and Granddad. And that's the, the idea is that the person you're remembering on the Christmas tree with the photograph in the bauble, it's a present for that age group or that with that person in mind. Exactly. It gives so, you the yeah. thought you can go out and you can buy for your mom or your yeah. sister who is not here anymore. You're remembering them and it gives you that. It's a lovely, peaceful feeling, believe it or not. It makes it more... Like Sarah's more with me at Christmas when I'm going out buying her Christmas presents like I always did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, cause, and Sarah was only uh, 19 when she died in, in 2012. It, it, did I read somewhere it, it would, would be her birthday this weekend, would it? Her birthday is Sunday. Sunday. But in your mind, she'll be forever 19. So. Oh, I, uh, she's, she's never going to change. She's 19 yeah. forever. Her birthday, her birthday present now. I buy a birthday present for her little godson. Yeah. And a few of them at home, you know, in the house that instead of giving Sarah presents, we give them presents. And this has gone on for the last six years. And they're like, yeah, you know, gifts coming on Sunday. It's Sarah's birthday. We do. We recognize it. And um, it would be something small, but we'll go out and we'll buy something for them in, instead of giving Sarah presents. It's just a way of keeping the memory alive and keeping us sane, to be honest, because there's no point sitting at home on a birthday or sitting at home at Christmas and crying. Mm. You know, you can make such a difference. And everybody in their Christmas morning, I just know when I go up Christmas morning, everybody is going to be standing, looking at that tree and remembering somebody. And if we cry in there, it doesn't matter. And you, know, you, you, you're a volunteer at uh, Cork Penny Dinners. Um, how long have you been a volunteer there? Six years. Since Sarah died. Since Sarah died. Oh, um, and that, was that a conscious thing you did to get it you? It was, and yeah. it was a selfish thing I did. No, it I wasn't. Thought, I've got to do something to get myself motivated and, you know, do something keeping myself busy. That's basically why I did it. And when I went up there, I absolutely loved it because it made me feel better. I came out of there some days laughing, some days crying. People look at her picture around my neck and they laugh me about her and... Sometimes I'm able to talk without crying, sometimes I'm not, and nobody judges. And it's just, it gave me so, a great feeling, and it gave me such a thing of, you know what, there is people looking for hope, and I can do a little bit to help them. And I don't care what I have to do. The day is washed, the air, it doesn't matter. And was was Sarah that type of a young girl growing into a young woman at 19, was she always full of hope? She was always full of hope. Sarah would have had her own little demons like any teenager. She had a little bit of bullying, the usual. But she coped so, so well with everything. We used Every morning, Sarah's room would be across from mine and I'd call six o'clock in the morning. Beautiful morning, Sarah. Time to get up. And she'd give me back. Shut up, Mum. <laughs> it could be lashing rain. If it didn't matter. And one morning I said, oh, I'd better leave her alone. She'd get up herself. And she came over and asked me what was wrong. And I said, what do you mean? She said, why aren't you telling me it's a lovely morning? That's what gets me out of bed. And we laughed over it. And she always had, she always said to me, Mom, everything gets better, doesn't it? I said, it does. She could talk openly. She she was just, she was no angel. Unfortunately, she's an angel now, but she wasn't an angel then. She was like any other teenager loving life. But she always felt things would get better. She was getting to the stage that She'd fight for the underdog, you know, this kind of... Mm. I could see myself coming out in her. She was very quiet like her dad. Her dad is very quiet and she was the same, but I could see it at 19. She was starting to see the injustice in the world. She'd meet one guy in Penny Dinners told me one day he knew her when he saw her picture on my neck and I was saying, how do you know her? 
And his girlfriend said, of course you don't. And he said, yeah, I do. I meet her on the bridge. And she talked to me and I asked her one day, she any money? And she said, I have nothing. If I had, I'd share it with you. And that was the way. And she, he said she was laughing at me. I had nothing, she was saying. Because, you know, and she wouldn't have had anything. She was, yeah, she was only been a teenager, yeah. Yeah. God, she sounded like a, she was a, she she was was a diamond, a diamond, she that's was. for sure. And does it get, Colette, does it get any easier? You know what it is now? You learn how to cope. I used to psych myself up here now before coming on the phone because I am one of these ones who thinks you shouldn't cry because you don't get the message out there. You cry privately, and I say that to every mum and dad out there that are, have lost a child or a child has died. We haven't lost our children when I hear that, that their child has died. It's not that it gets any easier. My heart is broken and I I never feel the same kind of pain again. If I hear somebody sick or someone has died, it's a different feeling for me now. But I never I don't want anger or selfishness to take over because that'll kill the memory of my child. When I die and my husband dies, my child's memory will be gone. She has no brothers and sisters. Nieces and nephews will keep it going for a while. But you know yourself, this is life. And we've all got to be very real about it. So my thing is, instead of crying, which I do sometimes, get out and keep Sarah's memory alive and that gives me the strength. And I coach her. I know she's never going to come back to me, but I will be with her again sometimes. And that's what I say to other parents. I look ahead at parents who are further down the line than me. And Anna and Cara and Irva, and I say, if they can do what they love their child the same as I did, so can I. And we can all do it. But it's harder to get out of bed, I suppose, than it is to go to the pub and have a few drinks or whatever, but no, that's not going to happen for me. I want Sarah's memory to mean something. I want her life, 19 years, to mean something. And it's going to, and it's bringing so much joy now to people. And like I say, people that are saying to me, Christmas time, yeah, I remember my granny or I remember my brother, whatever, but it's kind of distant. Now they're remembering them by involving them. And buying that little gift that will make a difference and everyone else will remember them too. And it will make such a difference to the to the needy person that, that will receive it. You're, you're well, it's even the kindness of, if you get, if you're, like, especially, say even somebody living on their own, a man or a woman, or a couple, they can be just as lonely. And someone to come in with gifts that they may have got gifts years and years and years ago from family who are no longer here, or maybe they're estranged from them. Look at the smile that's going to make somebody remember them on Christmas Day. And I think that's what it's all about. I think we have to start remembering. Stop me, myself and I and start remembering it's about somebody else. And that way we can really change things around. You're incredible. You really are incredible. Um, and people can drop into uh, Cork Penny Dinners um, or they can send in a donation or send in a gift. But in particular, it's the, the gift and the photographs to go into the bauble, to go onto the Christmas tree uh, that, that you really would like. And if they bring in a photo, some people brought in last year now, a couple of them brought in a photograph because they didn't know what to do. Don't worry about that. I will take the photograph and I will get it put into the bauble <laughs> and I will bring it up and if their name is on it, you know, if they leave details, we will then send them that message showing them the Christmas tree with their photo up on it. Because okay. it's just nicer than decorations now and look at even now the tree. We laughed when the kids in there put it up. Well, um, we were there the other day and um, someone said to me, where's Sarah? And I looked and I thought, oh, now there's two pictures of her up there and there's her first Christmas. And we were looking, we couldn't find it anywhere. And I said, oh, look, right behind, she's very back at the Christmas tree. And some of the two pictures are together and one of the volunteers said, oh my God, we must move that, put her out the front. And I said, no. Obviously now, whoever put it up wasn't even thinking who they are. They put up the pictures. That's where she's meant to be this year. Mm. So 
somebody else is meant to be out the front. And that's the way it is. And that's how we want it to be. You know, that if somebody comes in and they're really feeling sad and whatever, shove their picture right up the front and let it be seen and let them smile every time they look at it. Yeah, let them be the star of the show. Oh, look. And people can can donate to uh, corkpennydinners.ie for anybody not in and around the city uh, who would like to donate. And, uh, Killet, I heard Katrina talking uh, during the week. Busy as ever in Cork Penny Dinners? Oh, my God. Very busy, very busy. But again, look, things will change and I truly believe that. And I think we're coming into a new year and I really do. I think our politicians and everyone, I do believe they are starting to listen. And I think people like Katrina and anyone else that goes out there, you know, that can, they know what they're talking about. We only see, I, I'd only see the surface of it. She's in there, right in there with everyone. She knows every single family out here that's in need and what the problems are. We don't ask questions if we see somebody in there. We know nothing about them. We sit and we chat with them and smile and laugh. She sees it all. But I do believe that she's going to get results for the work she's doing. Yeah. I truly do. And, I think and, and she'll say, uh, Colette, she can only do it because of all the likes of people like you and all of the other volunteers who are the real unsung heroes. You're the ones who are quietly getting stuck in there and, and doing all of the work. Well, look, Katrina will always say things like that. <laughs> Katrina will take no credit. Yeah, I know. But I know. really, she's the one that's going out and facing these people and able to speak to them and do it again without anger. She's getting her point across. She's going to hit somebody. Some politician is going to listen and they do have the power. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, look, just they, they are going to make changes. It's not just all about homelessness. It's about the people that are just struggling. Two parents working, they're still struggling. Christmas is an added expense. Yeah, struggling just to put you food know? on the table. By the Where's way, just as b- b- you know? before we go, what, 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 what will you do for Christmas this year? What's your, what are your Christmas well, plans? Christmas morning, um, I live here in a hotel in Cove and I also do some work here so I'm going to work Christmas morning for a few hours and I finish at 12 I think and then I'm going to go to Penny Dinners for a couple of hours and my sister and my niece two different homes have dinners ready wherever we turn up oh, well done. Well and it done. doesn't matter to them if we don't turn up I know. we did the Christmas at home the empty chair syndrome once and we'll never again do it no. <laughs> and that's the only thing I do say to parents and I have no thing because please don't don't do it it'll just break your heart yeah don't day. don't do it to yourself no, be don't, with people yeah, yeah. that's what it's about yeah. be with people and there's so many good kind people out there who will who will offer you that chair at the table well, you know what? We're just sometimes, yeah, it's our own, our own sadness and our own grief that stop us yeah. from being happy. But we have to be happy. Christmas was Sarah's time. Sarah's Christmas tree went up for her birthday on the 25th of November. <laughs> like, in all fairness. But that was it. Every single year, Christmas was hers. Now, we'll never again put up a Christmas tree at home. And we don't want to. Yeah. We decorate her grave now, which is a horrible thing. But it must be done because she loves light, she hates the dark, so... You know, and that's how it is, and that's life. But the Christmas tree up and penny dinners, I'm sure she's smiling down on it. Aye, and everybody else up there too. Sarah's tree of uh, hope and she is smiling down on you and uh, there is no daughter could be more proud of her mother. Colette, well done. It's it's Thanks fantastic and, and thank you. people like yourself that can spread it and other well, kids listening will see, you know, we do care. Okay. All right, Colette. Thank you for that. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What an incredible woman. Uh, That is uh, Colette Griffin remembering her only 
daughter and her only child, Sarah, uh, who died in a car accident in uh, 2012. May she rest in peace. And uh, you can help. You can donate to Sarah's Tree of Hope if you want to do it in memory of a loved one that you've lost. I love that idea of putting the picture up on the tree and then when you go out to buy a gift for a needy person, buy it with the person who you're remembering. Buy it with them in mind. What would they have liked for Christmas? It might be your granny, it might be your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, it might be your child. What would you like to to give them at Christmas and then that gets passed on to a needy family and for those that can't make it to the city and get involved in Sarah's Tree of Hope remember Cork Penny Dinners this Christmas and you we can donate through corkpennydinners.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed I'm going to catch up with texts and comments that have come in. My apologies, I didn't get around to many of them this morning. So I just want to acknowledge some of the ones that came into us. But before we do that, I want to go to our competition. This is our family pass that we're giving away every day this week to see Cinderella at the Everyman. And it's on Thursday, the 13th of December. It's a pass for a family of four, along with a 50 euro voucher for Son of a Bun on McCurtain Street in McCurtain. In Cork. Now we've got Germaline and Chlorine giving us uh, today's question. Hello, boys and girls. We're Germaline and Chlorine, Cinderella's identical twin sisters. Who shall go to Prince Charming's ball this Christmas? Go on, have a guess. He's under a spell in an enchanted castle. Has a magical rose and beastly table manners. Okay, who, what panto character are Germaline and Chlorine talking about today? I need you to be caller 10, 1850 Caller 10 with the right answer gets the family pass along with the voucher for Son of uh, Abon. The, you need to be available though on the 13th. These are non-transferable because we're taking over the Everyman that night and we've got a VIP reception. You will be one of the very important people. You'll be one of the VIPs arriving from six and lots to enter the children and get everybody into the pantomime mood and then you'll head into the theatre proper for the show at half past seven. It is going to be a terrific night out. We've done it for the last few years and anyone that's been lucky enough to win tickets on previous years will say it is a terrific night out. It really is. And you can check out more about the pantomime at the Everyman this year, which is Cork's favourite traditional panto. This year it is Cinderella by going to everymancork.com. Will I play the question again? I will. Hello, boys and girls. We're Germaline and Chlorine, Cinderella's identical twin sisters. Who shall go to Prince Charming's ball this Christmas? Go on, have a guess. He's under a spell in an enchanted castle. Has a magical rose. And beastly table manners. OK, who are they talking, who are the girls talking about uh, today? Get dialing on that, 1850 and uh, caller 10 will pick up uh, the prize. OK, some of your uh, texts uh, coming in to me. Oh, thank you. That's uh, I'll pass that on to uh, John Paul. I've just spotted a WhatsApp we've been waiting on. Thank you, John. This is uh, John contacted us earlier this morning with some photographs and he said, not Dublin, it's not London. 
London. It's not New York. This is gridlock, Clonakilty style, at four o'clock yesterday afternoon. And he sent on four photographs and you thought, oh my God, to be caught in the middle, of, in the middle of that traffic. And actually, yesterday afternoon, I was up at the, I was in the, the city of a very, very dear friend of mine is a patient at CUH. So I'm spending a lot of time up in CUH at the moment. And yesterday afternoon, I got caught in the traffic that is the city. But you kind of think, oh, this is the city. You just have to put up with it. And between now and Christmas, what else would you expect? And all of that. But you don't expect that kind of gridlock crit- in the wonderful, beautiful town that is Clonakilty. And while I have sympathies for anybody stuck in that traffic before, and I, I take it with the timing, four o'clock yesterday, school time, children going, being collected from school, would would have there would have been some people having um, hungry children in the car needed to get home for their, for their dinner on top of everything else. Um, but think of the, the traders, God, and we know that work is going on. We've dealt with this issue and we know people have to have patience when it comes uh, to traffic delays like this because of the work that's going on. But it is, yeah, it is hard to take. It really is. We only spoke about it uh, last week here on the programme. But thank you. Uh, John has given us his blessing for us to share those photographs online. So uh, John Paul, busy at the moment. We will get on to that and hopefully have them up online for the afternoon. So you just get a glimpse of what it was like in Clonakilty yesterday afternoon at four o'clock. No doubt it'll be similar pictures uh, again today. Now, some more of your WhatsApps coming into us. Hi Patricia and John Paul. We need more strong, ferocious people like Noreen Murphy from Lachines who spoke to earlier on and that woman Colette from Corkpenny Dinners who lost her only child to raise their voices to get things done. Fair play to both of them. Uh, I thought, yeah, there were two very powerful interviews I have to say today from two amazing women you know, different ends of the scales. Both of them both of them have dealt with their own heartache though, knowing in machines for sure uh, and Colette losing her only child. But uh, both of them, amazing strength, isn't that strength? And I sometimes question where does that strength come from when, the, when you suffer such awful heartbreak and pain of losing a loved one and you just wonder how they pick themselves up and manage to get out of bed every day and they do the strength comes from somewhere doesn't happen for everyone it happens for some but they were two I have to say both of those interviews were were interviews I will remember myself for quite some time so thank you uh, Massey for recognising that and Jim says what a wonderful lady Noreen Murphy of Lachine's house is and what a shame if she is forced to close down our government should be ashamed of themselves if it ever did happen and not giving her the funding she requires and Leo has no bother splashing out thousands on spin every week which would be better used in a facility like Lishine House and other such organisations. And that comes in from uh, Jim. Thank you for that. Uh, Jim on the some of our texts into the programme. We mentioned um, the John F. Kennedy and thank you to somebody who pointed out to us and wanted to make sure that we remembered John F. Kennedy today because it is the 55th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy it was Mel in Dunman we was first in to say please make sure that you remember JFK today and we did uh, earlier on and I paid reference to the fact that you know a lot of people the younger generation today would not realise the effect that John F. Kennedy had on this country and how at the time of his assassination there was photographs of John F. Kennedy you know it was like having granny or granddad's photograph up on the wall people had photographs of John F. Kennedy some had them up next to the Pope some had them up beside the Sacred Heart he was almost like a saint in this country 
Park. A listener from Skipperine says, actually, Trisha, what you're talking about 55 years ago, I still have one on the wall today of John F. Uh, Kennedy. And Mike says, the Kennedy Homestead near New Ross in County Waterford, County Wexford, is well worth a visit. No, I didn't know this. I knew about that Kennedy homestead. The rosary beads that John F. Kennedy had in his pocket at that fateful moment are on display there. I did not know that, uh, Mike. I have, and I've, it was many, many years ago as a child we were taken to the Kennedy homestead near New Ross. I have just vague recollections of a day of a day trip. But you know, as a child, it all goes over your head. I didn't realise his rosary beads. And of course, John F. Kennedy and all of the Kennedys, their faith and their Catholic faith, so important uh, to them. So there's something if you want to uh, something to do, maybe a, a day trip out in the summertime. The Kennedy Homestead comes highly recommended in New Ross from Mike. Thank you for that, Mike. Let me do a quick, as I can see, phone lines. Do we have a uh, winner? Um, so, oh, <laughs> OK, Bernadette O'Riordan in Ballancolic was the winner. I'm, I'm going to play the answer. Here we go. The answer is B. It was Beast was who we were talking about and John Paul tells me a good few callers didn't have the correct answer so because it's caller 10 with the correct answer we ended up going to caller 14 so it was lucky for Bernadette O'Riordan in Valencolic that uh, a number of people four people didn't have the correct answer congratulations to you Bernadette you and three other members of your family will be heading to see Cinderella at the Everyman on Thursday the 13th of December plus that 50 euro voucher for Son of Abon we give away our final family pass tomorrow we've had great fun with this uh, competition and people love the pantomime and it's all about Christmas isn't it and uh, people feel they haven't had Christmas unless they go along to the pantomime in uh, Cork and there's local pantomimes on as well keep a look out for the local ones and go along and support them as well but congratulations Bernadette O'Riordan in Ballancolic our winner today more information available on everymancork.com so you can stop calling us on that because I want to free up the phone lines for anyone who has a pet question please because Jane our resident vet will be joining us in studio later on in this hour so if you have a pet question get it in you can call John Paul because the lines are free now or you can text or WhatsApp they come straight into me here at the studio 0862 103 103 we were talking about the West Cork um, the West Cork Carer Support Group and how we now know is uh, they're winding up their services and they will be no more at the end of this year after 20 years serving the carers of West Cork. Liz, who runs a cafe, feels that there is a lack of services right across Cork, but especially in the county areas for people who are just feeling lonely. Now, this could include carers as well. She feels many that a lot of the people, they're mainly elderly, are just looking for a little bit of a company and she's seeing it very much in the business that she runs, her cafe. She said people come into the cafe, cup of coffee, cup of tea and a scone. But she said they're not there for the tea and the scone at all. She said they've come to realise herself and her, the staff that they're there for a chat. She said the sad thing is that some days when they're very busy, herself and the staff are very busy, they don't have the time to chat with these customers. And she said she knows in her heart and soul that the only reason they've come in for the cup of tea and the scone is in the hope that somebody might talk to them and one of the staff member. And obviously if they come in a lot, the staff member gets to know them by name and they're in there for the chat. So she said there is a real need out there for company 
among so many in our society. She is noticing it particularly amongst the elderly, but she says she can see it with young people as well. We're lacking that type of uh, service. So she very much regrets that a service like the West Cork Carers Support Group, and I don't know what part of the county uh, Liz runs her cafe in, but she very much regrets a service like the West Cork Carers Support Group because I think when we spoke with Joe, Joe really hitting the nail on the head, just the drop-in, just for someone to go in and have a cup of coffee with, just he just really needed to talk to somebody. You always knew the office was there and there'd be somebody there and then you build up a relationship with these people because they get to know you when you're going in uh, so often. 1850 We were talking about, when we touched on it, we hadn't planned on, on it, but we were talking about the homelessness situation when Councillor June Murphy joined us uh, earlier on in the programme. She joined us about a different issue but because I know she works and advocates so much on behalf of people who are homeless we just touched on it at the end of the uh, interview and she was quite powerful talking about uh, people in the county because a lot of the homeless services are based in the city and, and we have a tendency to think about homeless people in the city and families going into big hotels in the city but we forget that every single uh, town in the county that has a hotel or a large B&B, you can be guaranteed tonight there are, there are families who have found themselves homeless who are staying in those uh, those hotels and it just led us to talk about how hard it is for people to just get on with their normal lives and then you know, June would work with people trying to get, trying to rent private uh, accommodation and I mentioned and she was talking about the problems people have when, they, when they're on social welfare and they have the HAP payment and that we would have certainly heard from families who have contacted us that as soon as they mention HAP they can see the look in the landlord's face or if they're over the phone they know they haven't a hope in hell that the landlord's just not interested in HAP. Well a landlady contacted us when she heard me talking about that. Doesn't want to give her name and doesn't want to give where except to say that she's in the North Cork area and she owns property or she owns a house. She said she would never ever ever let her house anymore so she's done it in the past to anybody on social welfare or anyone that has the HAP scheme why? she said it simply takes too long to get the money the process she says is so long and so drawn out she does feel sorry for people who have to rely on the HAP scheme but she says the process just really needs to be looked at she said I do not overcharge but she said they're handling it all wrong in the Department of Social Protection they will tell you what they will pay you for rent. They're putting limits on the amount they will pay for rent. But yet, she said, when they're putting families into hotels, they're ringing up the hotel saying, what what are you charging for a family room? And they seem to be paying hotels what hotels want, but it isn't the same when it comes to a landlord trying to rent property. And, And she says she's not overcharging. She knows what the going rate is for rent in her area and she certainly isn't overcharging but she says the, the system simply needs to change and if it remains as it is then she is one landlady and I that's one of how many others who just point blank will refuse to rent their property to somebody on social welfare or somebody that is on the HAP or the, which is the HAP scheme 1850 and a quick text in we spoke earlier on about soccer and Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane and they're gone and where do we go from here well now that Martin O'Neill and co have left 
who would be next to take over and get the boot again as soon as indifferent results happen. While, as Martin O'Neill said, he was team building. Similar to what happened under Big Jack and Bobby Kerr, etc. Team building is a slow tedious process and in my opinion it's John Delaney and co should be the ones that need replacing sports organisations need to run on results and ability to fund and promote sports at grassroots so there's somebody who's feeling that it was wrong that he was building a team and he should have been uh, supported I mean is there a point in, in that I mean and, and I'd have to kind of agree I wouldn't have been agreeing this time yesterday I felt oh yeah no, it's time to go time to go the disastrous year that match the other night was woeful we can't have any more of this but you know if Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane if that's exactly what they were doing if they were building a team should they have been allowed that should they have been given the breathing space to build up the team and when I mentioned earlier on when I was talking about some of the players who have worked under Martin O'Neill present team Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane and they seemed looking at their Twitter accounts and what they were coming out with yesterday they seemed genuinely gutted that they were both gone so you know I mean I don't know if it's a mistake has been made or not but you're not the first to say that John Delaney and co uh, need to go and I don't think you're going to be the last okay and there's some pet questions coming in keep those coming 1850 John Paul taking the calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie And a big shout out to CoAction they're holding their annual Christmas food and craft fair in the West Notch Hotel in Bantry between 5 and and 9pm this evening. Usual stalls. There will be some new ones as well. Great raffle prizes. Tickets are available from committee members or the Co-Action Centre itself. Please support as this is the main fundraising event of the year for Co-Action. So your support gratefully appreciated. The Irish Blood Transfusion Service. They've got a donor clinic. Middleton Park Hotel. 3 to 5 this afternoon and 7 to 9 tonight. While Blarney and District Garden and Flower Club. Their Christmas demonstration. They are presenting Sparkling Christmas by Mary Kyo that's on tonight in the White Church Community Centre at 8 admission is members 5 euro non-members 10 euro refreshments and home baking will be served Banding Garden Centre are hosting their annual Christmas fundraising event tonight uh, this evening and tomorrow evening 6pm to 10pm mulled wine mince pies raffles teas and displays for your home and business admission is 5 euro and it's a fundraiser in aid of Pieta House and the Carberry Group they will host the 2018 Agri Tech Day in Skibbereen uh, Community School it's going on all day today and Castle Magner players they're performing their play Big Maggie this Friday Saturday and Sunday it's a fundraising event for the local Senior Citizens Club. Show starts at 8 each night. Tickets 10 euro available at the door. Court today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Keep the pet questions coming. In the meantime, we're going to Kinsale Garda Station where I'm joined by Garda, uh, James O'Mahony for this week's Garda File. Good afternoon to you, James. Good afternoon, Patricia. And 28 years on, we're still doing it. God, Patricia, <laughs> I, I listened to you the other day and uh, I was just listening to you the other morning before I went into the programme and I was just thinking the same thing myself. Like, you know, 28 years is, is a long time. But listen, Patricia, thank God we're here to say uh, As to God, you, it, was, it was you and there was Willie Lortimer, you know? Lortimer, that's right. And Maraid. And, and Maraid, exactly. 
actually. Like, you know, we were the three first uh, starting yeah. off and I'll never forget you were in the ring road in Bandon. We were. And my <laughs> God, I, I was just telling to my colleagues here this morning in Kinsale that uh, we had a script at that stage. We did. Of us, <laughs> and it had to be Patricia said and James said. <laughs> <laughs> We've so, come a long way. We've come a long way, Patricia. <laughs> Thank God okay, really all right. Let's, uh, we're looking at some uh, break-ins. Uh, starting with the break-in of Bale and the Blanc. That's right. Unfortunately, there was a break-in of Bale and the Blanc the night of the night of November last. Now, entry was gained here, Patricia, through a panel uh, uh, that was lifted in the roof of the, of the premises, like, which is unusual. Okay. Of course, it showed the lint to criminals go to, like, you know. So that was at Bale and the Blanc uh, on the night of the 9th of November and Crookstown Gardaí are investigating that one, Patricia. And there's one in Riverstick? Yeah, Crura Riverstick. Two chainsaws now were taken from a shed on Monday, Monday week last the 12th of November. One was a red AMA 500cc's 18-inch bar and the other one was a Stilch 380. Uh, these were taken from an outshed in, in Crura Riverstick on Monday the 12th. So again, the Balanhasic or Kinsale Gardaí are looking at that. And we have to start learning to treat our sheds like we do our houses. Absolutely. And put proper absolutely. locks on and, them. And, you know, it, it, it goes to show what criminals can do. You, you see in those two crimes now where one, Patricia, is the roof of a house, uh, roof of a premises and the other one is an outdoor shed. It, they're constantly casing places, unfortunately, and that's the reality of it. You know? And those chainsaws will possibly go up for resale. Oh, that, that's the killing thing about this is there is no doubt about it. Those will be maybe perhaps sort as we speak and yeah. that's the reality of it. Yeah, and that's yeah. where everyone has to st- stop and question if you get off at a bargain or something uh, yeah. second-hand. Exactly. Stop and think, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Especially if you're su- such a good bargain, like if there's a very, very low price, it, there's something something seriously amiss. Like that, okay, yeah. there was a break-in in Ross Carberry. There was, Craig and Ross Carberry, and that was Monday night last, this Monday night last. Now, the back door of premises here was smashed open and entry was gained through the back of the house there. And there was a Craig and Ross Carberry uh, between uh, 12.30am and 11.30am on Monday night last. Yeah. And then Boherbury? Boherbury, yeah. We had a number of items taken. Now, unusual on this, on the, on the night of the 8th and 9th of November, and one was a quad, would you believe it? A oh. quad. And the quad has a plastic drum sprayer in the front and has a black metal uh, tray basket in, 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 in the front. And uh, an unusual item, but there was another number of other items uh, taken as well at that one, and it is a drum skihi, drum skihi Boherbury on the night of the Thursday, on the, the 8th or 9th of November. And again, that something would go for resale, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, you see, all these criminals, when they're targeting a chainsaw or a quad or something like that, they have perhaps a lot of time ready-made uh, market for it. And that's the unfortunate thing about it. That's yeah. why you've got to um, mark them very clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure Charlie Neil Callan knows our crime finishers in the past has been on the programme about marking property and have a, a list of their the vital numbers I think is very very important should something be recovered and a lot of time things are recovered as well Patricia of course Yeah and it makes it easier yeah. for you to get it back to, to, to the owners Absolutely Now we are f- forever calling out here on the programme and warning people about fraud yeah. and scammers That's and right. the famous computer scammers That's right. And unfortunately Patricia two weeks ago a person in our West Cork region got a phone call from this guy computer companies or something wrong with your computer the woman goes logs into a computer I will take you step by step through how you can rectify this and she duly done that and of course the following day she found out her bank details had, had um, totally diminished and, and, and money taken out of it and that's the sad reality of this and we spoke about it before Patricia but I think we need to keep it's like the car test we need to keep um, keep talking about this at all times See everybody uh, thinks um, James that they oh I'd never get caught out on that but the people who perpetrate these crimes if only they'd use their skills in some other way right, yeah. they're really good well, at what they do they're very convincing, Patricia. Make no mistake about it. I mean, I got one of those cards a couple of years ago myself 
I'm sure a lot of people have. And my God, tonight, you would think this person was, my God, they're going to start out all my life on yeah. computer, you know, and they're, they're exceptionally good. But unfortunately, they're out there, and especially with Black Friday now as well, you'll have, you'll have a lot of those people ringing tomorrow, and, oh, you can get this deal, you can get that deal, give me your bank details and all that. You should never talk to a stranger over the phone like that. There's good companies out there that do repair. If you have something wrong with your computer, Patricia or me, we'll go along to a, a, a company, uh, someplace we know in our nearest town, nearest village, to start out our computer. And that's the way to go, really. Yeah, unsolicited solicited calls. I mean, Absolutely. I think people are copping on to somebody calling to your house, mm. trying to do work. You treat a phone call yeah. the very same way. That's right. Uh, same thing. Very same thing. And another scam now, just talking about colleagues here in Kinsale this morning, and I had it on the list there, uh, Patricia, was phone calls there's nothing and I got one of these 0088 or 00674 what's happening there is they're phoning from outside the country right this premium charge you've been charged premium charge and it goes to them yeah. so don't answer block those numbers 0088 or 00674 are the two numbers widely used there now in the, in the last week I actually got one of them myself would you believe it wow. and uh, you do not answer that call because you are going to end up being charged for that premium rate. Yeah, it's either when your phone bill comes in or if you've got call credit, it'll eat up your right. call credit. Okay. That's right, so you haven't. So that's that's one to be very careful of. Just block the number, quite simple, block those numbers. Yeah, and on smartphones you're able to do that. Okay, right. and we end on a piece of good news. It's the 23rd Annual West Cork Guard yeah, Awards. That's right, Youth Patricia. Awards. In our association with our good friends in Soup Valley Hose, our sponsor for the last 23 years. And this year, on this Friday night at the... At the Bearer Coast Hotel in Castleton Bear, we will be presenting those awards to, we had first of all 117 entries, Patricia, which is very, very high. And uh, if, you, if, if you don't mind, I'll call out some of the winners. Would that be possible? Okay, yeah. The yeah. Next yeah. So our overall winners uh, were Ashton Fitzgerald from Skibbereen, John Welsh from Riverstick, Aliska Wigmagd from uh, uh, Barry de Hob, David Lucy from McCroom, James Power from Tripsy, Maura Barrett from Clannacilty, and Mike Madden from Belgooley. Our district winners were Cathy Hines Kinsale Community School, uh, Leah Pyburn from Skull, uh, the Bantry one, the Clannacilty district winners, Natasha Sutton from Clannacilty, and the McCroom district winners, Cahill Bradley from Bally Desmond. Our group award winners was the MICCTY Zambia volunteers from the Maria Macaleta College in Clannacilty and the Surf to Heal in Chidani. Our special achieve, uh, achievement Award winners were Owen Barry from Skibbereen, Cahill Ryan from Sporhill Balnehasic, Sam Teachin from Castletown Bear, and Sofra Nee from Beira. Our Community Safety Award, first one this year was our Community Safety Award, was Shauna O'Sullivan and Mary Collins from Ballinspittal. And we have an award every year which, is, which highlights the amount of good work being done in the community for outstanding contributions to Youth Award. And this year's winner is John Joel Lyons from Clannacilty, who Patricia has given 46 years' service to the Red Cross uh, uh, to St Vincent de Paul and other organisations all around West Cork for incredible. years that's so incredible incredibly. so well done okay, and a good spread of winners as well which is terrific great to see such fantastic young people uh, right across our city and county Absolutely. they really are amazing ok yeah. uh, congratulations to each and every one and enjoy when is the awards night? Tom- tomorrow night tomorrow night it, 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 it might be Black Friday but it'll be a bright Friday <laughs> in Castleton there ok enjoy <laughs> listen thank you for that James alright and we'll talk you. again soon God bless that is uh, Garda James O'Mahony
Mahoney, who joins us from Kinsale at Garda Station. We mentioned John F. Kennedy and the 55th anniversary of his assassination today. Eileen Imbruff was on to say, Patricia, John F. Kennedy's mother was a Fitzgerald from Bruff in Limerick. Of course she was. And there is a Fitzgerald Museum in Bruff. And tonight there is a John F. Kennedy Memorial Address and it's been given this year by uh, Deputy Michael Healy Ray. I was unaware of that and I take it that's open to the general public, is it? The Fitzgerald Museum in Brough tonight if you want to hear that memorial address by Michael Healy Ray. And can I say a really, I've got such some of the nicest, sweetest, kindest listeners. Can I say thank you to Esther who sent in a lovely text when I mentioned that I was spending a lot of time up in CUH because of a very dear friend who hasn't been well and has been in hospital now for a couple of months. And uh, Esther sent in just the sweetest, nicest text. And I just say I appreciate it. Thank you. That is very, very kind of you. And Jane Pickett from the Island Wood a Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins me in studio. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. And I'm going to go straight into questions because there was one in very early this morning. Let me start with this. Uh, who wants This lady wants her name private, which is fine. Could Jane Yvette please recommend a, a bell for cats, for a cat's neck that they cannot take off? My cat is killing a vulnerable birds and manages to pull off the bell every, every one I've managed to buy to date. Is there a... Mm. This is a bit of a difficult one because it's, it's a good idea to put the bell on because okay. um, they can hear them coming. One thing I would say is some people wonder, oh, well, is one bell enough? Maybe it doesn't make enough of a rattle. So when you go into the shop to buy your bell, give it a good rattle and make sure yeah. it's loud because some are louder than others. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you're not just limited to one bell. Put more than one on and okay. it makes it extra rattly and they're, you know, extra conspicuous then when they come up to the birds. But it really is a bit of a balancing act. So this lovely lady wants to make sure that the bell doesn't come off the cat, but I assume it's attached to a collar. The really important thing, particularly with active cats that are outside, is to make sure that you use a collar that has a safety mechanism in it so that if they do get caught in the pursuit of birds or, you know, running around in the trees, if they do get their collar caught in a fence or a tree or anything like that, that it either has a safety mechanism within the within the, the kind of locking bit mm. where it'll snap over enough and it's put under enough pressure or even an elasticated segment so that they can always slip their neck out. Now, that's, that's really important. that's what this cat has copped on. Exactly. Yeah. So it might be that he's just got very clever and he is kind of exploiting the safety mechanism. That's a yeah. possibility. What I would say is I wouldn't under any circumstances recommend putting on a collar with no safety mechanism no. in it because, you know, the poor little cat might get himself caught and it could end fairly disastrously for everybody involved. So I would say persistence um, with the collars. Unfortunately, my own cat is a total terror for this as well. It loses its collar all of the time. So what I do is I buy cheap ones in bulk and loads of bells in bulk and I just... Yeah, yeah. You bet. I, 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 I was I, going I to suggest the same thing yeah. because cats are, are clever and, be, yeah. and you can't get one that won't open because... And, and we've dealt with people over the years that they, back in the day before when they, had, when they had the type that didn't have the safety mechanism, we had one very distressed woman contact us and she... She, her cat went missing and she eventually found him caught in, in a hedge exactly. and it had died exactly. and so you, yeah it's not worth and it and bless your heart you're trying to do the right thing in saving yeah. the birds uh, exactly. as well okay Eileen Inclan says good afternoon Patricia question for Jane any ideas on how to stop either a fox or a dog pooing in my backyard we don't have a dog but it's happened overnight at least three times in the past week could it be Ooh. a fox it could be a fox. Yeah. What I would say is if it's fox boot, it has quite a distinctive smell. Okay. Um, 
it's really potent. You can smell it from a mile off. Can you? Um, so it's if it's that, then You'll it's, know it's straight very away. difficult. I'm, I must admit, it's very difficult to prevent them. They're wildlife. They don't have boundaries as such. If your garden is particularly accessible or open, then it's kind of left wide open for them to pop in and do their business. If you can make sure that your fences are nice and secure, any gaps around the house are secure, then you have a better chance, I think, of them you know they're they're always going to go where it's easiest as it is they're never going to try and go into a difficult place that's difficult to access so just make sure your garden's really secure um and that goes for other dogs as well it limits the chance of them sneaking in and doing their business um to be perfectly honest there's chemicals on the market that you can spray onto your lawn and your plants that you may do if, if you don't get, have pets is there a get off my grass or there get is. off my yeah what i would say is it's variable in how well it works okay um so I honestly think if you don't have a pet yourself and you want to secure the area, work on securing the garden to try and keep them away from doing their business. You could try the chemicals, but I think safety is an issue. A lot of them are very, very safe, depending on what one you buy. Um, but if you don't have any pets yourself or any small children, it's less of a concern because you won't be down yeah. in the grass, as it were. Um, but I will be cautious if you do have other pets or small children, just to make sure if you are putting chemicals on the, the area to try and deter um, them from doing their business, just make sure they're safe. Could it be a neighbour's dog who's deciding just to use the, the garden as a toilet? Does, that, does that happen? Like, if they do their business once and they have easy Smell. access to the area, they'll come back and kind of mark that as their territory. So if you can clean out the area really well and maybe give the lawn a good hose down, sometimes that might help a little bit. Um, but to be perfectly honest, unless it's a, an immediate neighbour who's decided that's their toilet now, it will probably, for wildlife at least, be more convenient than anything else. OK. Um, hi, Patricia. Could you ask Jane? I have a Jack Russell. Won't stop barking when somebody comes to the house. We don't want the younger Jack Russell to follow suit. How can we stop the old fella from barking? Any ideas? Thanking mm. you. And do would a younger dog pick up on the habits of yes. another? Yeah, yeah. Okay. a lot of the time they do uh, because they're kind of learning from the environment and the older older dogs around them, very much like kids learn from their parents in a way. Um, so yeah, they do tend to pick up behaviours quite well. They kind of do a monkey see, monkey do type thing. Um, so it can be a bit frustrating. Your, your, your lovely little dog, I understand it's frustrating that he's barking, but he probably is really just trying to protect his family. So somebody's arriving at the door and they think, oh, I want to protect my family. Let's bark a little bit and try and scare the strangers off. Um, so really, he's trying to do a very nice thing, um, but it is just misplaced a little bit. I think the best things I can say are telling him to stop or anything like that is probably not going to work. If you expect somebody's going to be calling to the house and you don't want them to bark at the supposed stranger, give them a distraction. So put them in a room away from the front door. Give them something exciting or enticing to play with. So like a, a little treat or a new, let's say, toy to play with put them in together so they have some company or even uh, one of those toys that you can stuff so you can get these kongs as it were which are toys with a hole in them that you can fill with food and treats that are really exciting for them to play with so I think distraction is the best tactic but I think you're definitely on the right route trying to discourage the behaviour in your older dog so that your younger one doesn't pick it up so good job with that but it can be a difficult habit to break it's like the one with the postman but of course they bark at the postman the postman disappears exactly. so the dog thinks look how great am I I've done, I've, I've done a great job uh, Jane why is my King Charles snapping as if he's catching flies but there's no flies mm. that's an interesting one yes okay so if he's snapping and there's nothing there um, it could be just behavioural he might see something a very small particle in his vision that we can't quite pick up yeah. it could be behavioural but what I would say is if he is a Cavalier King Charles they can get problems um, that can manifest as behaviours like snapping at thin air or scratching with their back paws at thin air um, right. 
exactly. Scratching it. Yeah, okay. or scratching with their back legs n- almost near their ear and their head, but, but not just at connecting. Thin air. Okay. And sometimes they can do like fly catching, is what we call it. Um, so snapping a thin air at something that's not exactly there. what 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 that lady's describing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would probably recommend a visit to your vet. Now okay. it could be purely behavioural, but particularly in this breed, they can get problems where just just through their conformation essentially how they're built on on day one from scratch where they can have problems with uh, a part of their brain as a result of the shape of their skull so um yeah, they have a weird exactly no, so no they have disrespect to people who um, love and own king charles they're, they're but they do lovely, have a very weird shaped head. yeah they're yeah. lovely lovely little breed but yeah. they, they do occasionally very rarely have problems with okay. that so it sounds like it would be something to think about so i think pop along to your vet for an can assessment. it be worked on um, there are things we can do to make okay. it slightly better, but it's definitely one that you should you should know about. Okay, don't ignore. Yeah. Don't ignore. Carmel in Inishannon has a four-year-old collie dog who is limping on one, just one leg. It appears to be getting worse. She doesn't understand where it's coming from because he seems fine otherwise. Obviously, eating, everything is okay. He is an inside dog, so she doesn't think it was an injury and there's no visible signs of swelling. Why would he suddenly start limping on one leg? Mm. There's a few reasons this could be. I think it's given us some clues in the sense of it's an indoor dog and I assume she probably uh, either has him on a lead or watches him when he goes outside as a result of that. So I think the chances of it being a trauma, let's say a car accident that we might Mm. have witnessed is quite low. Now, if he's a reasonably young dog, he's only four years old, there's a number of things it could be. Now, it could just be a soft tissue injury, very much like ourselves, a strain or a sprain, something transient that would rest and possibly some pain relief from the vet might might subside in its own time but there are other things that can cause a problem um depending on what joint it is so i suppose if it's a if it's a front leg you could have the shoulder or the elbow or the wrist joint involved or even the foot itself there's a number of things that can be a problem there it could be something stuck in the foot or with the joints themselves sometimes they can have infections in the joints that can cause a lot of pain and lameness or even just problems with like very much like humans getting osteoarthritis. So even in a dog young, as young yeah. as four? Yeah. It's possible yeah. if there was any kind of previous injury that might have oh, upset the joint yeah, a little bit. But it's much, much less likely in a younger dog. Um, very occasionally it can, it can be serious things like that. Sometimes it can be something that they're born with. Maybe just like a joint that doesn't sit together perfectly that over time may have just caused some... Um, some trauma to the cartilage and the bone in the joints that might be causing some lameness I suppose there's always the chance it could just be a fracture it could be a break Um, ouch yeah ouch exactly so that would definitely be something that would need dealing with so I think given that the possibilities are wide open really mm. I really think an assessment with your vet is the way yeah, to go Yeah and I take it like check the pads and make sure there's nothing exactly. stuck because you can get you can get something stuck can't exactly. you Exactly it's very yeah. much like ourselves we ever get something stu- like a splinter stuck in your finger it's oh, so sore Or in <laughs> under your nail is just uh, is agony Margaret mm. in Middleton Good luck Carmel uh, in Shannon with that Margaret in Middleton uh, Cat with a weeping eye mm. what's, what's the possible causes there? Now there's a few different causes uh, what I would say is far and away the most common Um, is just a simple conjunctivitis so an infection with bacteria of the eye that will be one of the most most common particularly in cats now sometimes they will settle on their own but the vast majority of time they'll need antibiotic drops okay Okay. sometimes with little cats as well when they get a head cold or a flu they can sometimes manifest by getting discharged from their eyes so they get gunky eyes as it were and sometimes a gunky nose along with it so sometimes it can be more of an infection throughout the body Mm. um, that can be causing the gunky eyes so that's a possibility too other causes can be if they do, if they're unfortunate enough to, to bump into something or get a scratch in the eye, that can set up the perfect environment for an infection in there. So that can be a big problem. Okay. And very rarely they can get something stuck. 
So a trip to the vet. Trip, trip to, to the vet. vet. Okay, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Uh, that is uh, Jane Pickett, Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in uh, Newmarket, in, in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. We're back with you tomorrow at 10 and we've got more Panther tickets to give away. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Court today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.